get a run. So you'll give him the message. So you can give him a message. I don't know if he mavaza him. If, you, if, you, if he's not here, maybe I could be mavaza him more. Exactly. Tremendous yashikayach to all the Talmidim, to all the alumni, to all the parents, to grandparents who put in their kaychas to, to making that campaign go. It's mamish perfect. This, what I had in mind to, to thank Mr. Berman from David Yosef is mamish, is a Hanukkah story. So if it's with mamish what I wanted to say about Hanukkah. It's, not, it's the same thing. It's not even enough to stretch it. I want to tell you a story. There's a, there was a city in Russia, in eastern Russia, about a hundred years ago. The czar had a very um, ambitious project. This is the end of the 1800s, beginning of the 1900s. I don't know exactly the dates. This was some, somewhere around there that he wanted to build the Trans-Siberian Railroad. There was a a railroad that was going to go all the way across, all the way across Russia. And this was a this was a major engineering feat, tremendous tremendous project that they were putting their kaychas into. And the engineers, they came to the conclusion they needed a they needed a hub for the trains. They made a circle on the map where they needed to have a city in order for this railroad to work. Happens to be. The circle that they drew on the map was in the middle of a was in the middle of a place where nobody lived. It was a sheet of ice for ten months a year. This place was just a just a it's ice. It's like Siberia. It's freezing cold. I think two months a year it's not it's not freezing, but pretty much the rest of the year it's freezing cold. Who wants to live there? It's the middle of no place. So what did the Russian engineers come up with? A the Jews in Russia at that time were very persecuted. They, what business they were allowed to go into, where they were allowed to live, what they were allowed to do. So this engineer, they came up with a Meridik Chap. We'll make this place, this place in the middle of nowhere, this frozen wasteland, we'll say, if any Jew wants to go there, we'll leave you alone. You can do whatever you want there. You could go into any business. You could do whatever you want. It's a free country for Jews. This place, this frozen, mamish place that nobody wants to go. 20 years this later, this city was it's called Harbin, still exists till today, was a thriving metropolis. Thriving. One of the most successful cities in Russia. Fashtesach. He goes someplace. He's gonna, he's gonna do. He's gonna make it work. Hotels. Till today, there's a ice. I don't know what you call it. Even it became famous because today it's I don't know whatever you want to call it. Tourists go there because it's so cold there that they're able to build ice cities. You could you could see pictures of these this place. It's fantastic. It's unbelievable. They literally build buildings out of ice. Buildings, they build slides that are high as anything. They build castles out of ice. 
because it's so frozen. And every year they redo it because it melts. And people come for a couple of months a year. People come from all over the world to check this thing out. They can't believe it. They literally build these incredible structures out of ice. And it's a, whatever, that's, that's their claim to fame today. Klashtetzach, all the Jews are gone. And as the, as the city became successful, so first the communists stole the Jews' money, sent them back, as in the 1940s, whenever they found an excuse. So they stole the Jews' money, and then the Japanese finished us off. And there are no more Jews today. There are, there's a community in Eretz Yisrael of, of Harbiner Jews in Eretz Yisrael. They still remember the, 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 Alta, the, the good old days in Harbin. Why am I saying this story? There were G'daylim of all ages. You know, the Chavetz Chaim had a suitcase in his, in his closet. A Mashiach suitcase. He kept the suitcase packed in his closet for Mashiach. There was other G'daylim that had a suit in their closet, a special suit. Mashiach comes, I want to have a suit. Why is that important? Why is, why is that important? Why is that so chashif? Go get yourself a suit. Mr. Berman will tell you to get, where to get a nice suit. He knows that. He knows that. He'll tell you where to get a nice suit. No, they wanted to have a nice suit in the closet. It's so chashif, guys. It's so important. As Yidin, we have to keep this message that the G'daylim throughout all ages tried to bake into us. And especially now. This week, Yosef goes down to Mitzrayim. Yosef goes down to Mitzrayim. The beginning of the, beginning of the Golis Mitzrayim. And Akasha, that always bothered me. How in the world do we count the Golis of Mitzrayim from the time Yitzchak is born? Shem says, it's going to be Golis for 400 years. We all know the Chazal. We start counting from the time Yitzchak is born. What is this? What's going on? 400 years is 400 years. We only go down to Mitzrayim. Now, Yosef goes down to Mitzrayim. Not from when Yitzchak is born. And even then, well, Yosef had it bad for a while, but then Yosef is the king. Yosef's is the, according to some, after Pare died, Yosef became the, the, the leader of Mitzrayim. Yosef was the number one man for many years. And, I'm, and the Jews had it good. They were living in Goshen. It was very Gishmak. I don't know if it was Gishmak is Muncie, but it was very Gishmak. Mitzrayim is hot. It's hot over there. Muncie gets it's cooler. And we know that Klausel didn't even start working. The Sheba didn't start until Levi died. Until the last of the Shvatim died, the Sheba didn't even start. So it was the whole Sheba. It's 80 some odd years. The, the work was 80, 80 years. So what's going on? 400 years? The answer is Rabbi Yisai, what the G'daylum are trying to teach us. And this is something I have to chazer, we all have to, I chazer myself. And people ask me, why are you not in Eretz Yisrael? You know something? It's a great cash. And people ask it to me. Someone said it to me yesterday. Why are you not in Eretz Yisrael? Every year, pretty much, we should wake up every day and we should ask ourselves, why are we not in Eretz Yisrael? And if you don't have a good answer, you should pick yourself up and go there. So what's my answer? 
have a Gemara Brachas. The Gemara Brachas says, the Gemara has the same cash on Ezra. Gemara says, why didn't Ezra go to Eretz Yisrael? What took him so long? So the Gemara says, calls Mantra Baruch Kayim, as long as his Rebbe Baruch was alive, he didn't go up. So my Rebbe's here, so I'm here. Have a good excuse. But if you don't have a good excuse, as Master from the Gemara, you should be, that's where you should be. You're talking about Ezra. Ezra built the second base on Migdash. He had a good excuse to go. So it means Ezra held off building the second base on Migdash because he wasn't willing to leave his Rebbe. It's not like me, but I'm going to tell you, so what am I doing there? Ezra Taka had something to go for. But Ezra said, My Rebbe is a chutzlar, it's a chgenisht. So I hold I have a good excuse. But you need an excuse. That's what the Gemara is saying. And that's a good excuse. You have to have a good excuse. It's not shot. I'm here because I'm here. Why am I here? Because I'm here. And I'm sure every single goggle that was in Chutzlaretz had just as good of an excuse. And that's why they had the suitcase in the closet. To remind them, what am I doing here? So if it was the Chavetz Chaim, the Chavetz Chaim helped. I have to be in Golis. I have to, have to be Mechazik to Yidin in Golis. I have no doubt. The Chavetz Chaim was busy working for HaKadosh Baruch Hu in Raden. No question about it. And if you're Taka doing something here in Chutz Laretz for Hashem that you can't do in Eretz Yisrael, Mr. Berman, you have to be here. You have to be here with us. Clearly you're doing something. But if you don't have a good excuse, Taka, pick yourself up and get out of here. The Rebbe was giving us such a powerful message. And I try to remember this every single Seder night. The 400 years starts from when Yitzchak is born. Because the Rebbe told Avram Avinu, I am giving Eretz Yisrael over to your children. From the minute Yitzchak Avinu was born, Avram Avinu felt like he was in Galas. Because Yitzchak, Avram did not control Eretz Yisrael. It wasn't Tachas Memshaltai. He was in Galas. As soon as Yitzchak was born, Avram Avinu was in Galas. Vashem Beirachas Avram Bakoyim. The Rebbe benched Avram Avinu with everything. He had it all. At Saif Yamav, he had it all. He didn't even have to watch Esav go off the derech. Bershom took him early, so he shouldn't have to watch Esav go off the derech. So Avram Avinu, the last thing he sees, he sees Yankiv, and he sees Esav. Maybe even Yishmol had already, hopefully, had done tshuva. Madrashim talk about Avram Avinu, how we, how we tried to get Yishmol to do tshuva. So I'm assuming that that was part of it, because... Bakoil meant that Yishmol did Shuvah too. We see Taka, that's what Rashi says, by the Leviah. Yishmol let Yitzchak go first. Yishmol was Mechabed Yitzchak. So Avram Avinu had Yishmol, he had Yitzchak, he had Yaakov and Esav, he saw both two Yeshiva Bachar. He didn't see Esav had a bad day that after he died. He didn't have to see that. He had a daughter, he had money, he had, he had everything. 
But he didn't have Eretz Yisrael. He felt he didn't have Eretz He was living in Eretz Yisrael. But he didn't have Eretz Yisrael. He was Yoytze Golos. Golos started from that minute, from the time Yitzchak was Because Avram Avinu felt like he was in Golos. Couldn't even buy a caver for his wife. He, had, he couldn't even get a hold. He had, to, he had to buy one. They ripped him off. And Yitzchak Fashtetzich felt like he was in Golos. And Yaakov felt like he was in Golos. Yaakov had a, had, a, had a shvera life. When Klal Yisrael were in Mitzrayim, when Yosef was in Mitzrayim, as long as the Shvatim were alive, Klal Yisrael, even though they had it good, they were living in Muncie. It was Kishmak. They felt like they were in Golos. They were Yitzhak Golos. When we stopped forgetting, when the last of the Shvatim died, and we started to forget that we were in Golos, the Rebbe reminds us, you're in Golos. And if we don't hear, first Rebbe Hashem, you know, it's like, a, it's like a teacher. You have a good Rebbe. It's okay. First, you know, a smart Rebbe will go over to you. You know, guys talking in the middle of the chair, go over and say, doesn't even say anything to him. Hopefully the guy gets the hint. And sometimes the guy doesn't get the hint. So the Rebbe walks to the back and he starts giving shivan. The guy still doesn't get the hint. And sometimes, then finally goes, the Rebbe has to say, no, be quiet. So if we don't get the hint, if we don't remember that we're in Golis, the Rebbe goes, no, hopefully then we get the hint. And if we don't get it then, chas v'shalem. Chas v'shalem. This week we got a hint, Rabbi say. We got a hint. In front of Congress, the most hush of a place in the world. That said facetious, facetiously. The heads of four of the most hush of institutions were questioned by a congresswoman. And she asked them a very simple question. I'm talking, you're talking about the Hush Shivas here. The Hush Shivas from the four Hushvist Yeshivas in this country is saying, I'm going to wipe out the Jews considered, is that hate speech? Is that bullying? If you scream that from the loudspeakers, if you say that in front of a bunch of Jews who are in your schools, which is what's going on today, Baruch Hashem, I'm not there, you're not there, but there are Jews that are there. And if someone says that to them, is that considered bullying or hate speech? I'm going to kill you. It's saying I'm, I'm going to kill you. And we're talking about, is that protected by the First Amendment? That's a legal question. Not talking about that. Because schools have codes of conduct, which have nothing to do with the First Amendment. Schools can throw you out for anything. So you ask Yeshiva Bachar. You don't have the right haircut? We can throw you out of here. It's a code of conduct. You don't come in here with your white shirt, just try wearing a blue shirt. You see what the Manal will do. Come in here when they wear a blue shirt. You see what the Manal will do to you. What do you mean? It's a free country. I can wear a blue shirt. No, you can't. Not in the Manal's yeshiva. Throw you out of here. Got to wear a white shirt. Right? Let a guy walk in there, prance in there with a blue shirt. <laughs> so every school, that has nothing to do with the, the first amendment. A school is allowed to have its own rules. And they, and they enforce these rules. If you call 
a person who's a man who wakes up one day and says he's a woman, and if you call him a man, you could get thrown out of such schools. So the guy walks in one day and he says, you know something? I'm a woman today. And he says, and I want you to call me a woman. And if you don't do that, they can throw you out. And they will. But if you tell someone, I'm going to wipe you out, not just you. I'm going to wipe out every single one of your relatives. And every single person you know came out. I'm going to wipe them all out. Sigh here, and sigh in Eretz Yisrael. So they said, these people, these chacham said, it depends. It depends. It depends on what? What does that depend on? And these are, these are officially smart people. And if your person, they made them the Rosh Hashiva of Harvard, or, Penn, or University of Pennsylvania, or MIT, you think these people, they'd be smart. But they couldn't even answer such a simple question. Shouldn't shock me because there's someone on the Supreme Court today when they asked him, what's a woman? Could you define a woman? She said, no. A Supreme Court justice. Rabbi say that is the Rabbi Nishim going, you're in Golas. It's not a whisper anymore. It's not a, it's not a whisper in our ear, you're in Golas. That's a scream in our ears, you're in Golas. And if we don't get the message that we're in Galas, chas v'shalem, it could be much worse. Let's get the message. When Abdavid Yosef said he's going to do this program, I have to say I was skeptical. But I told him this morning, I have a Kabbalah, because about 25 years ago, one of the Talmudim said he's going to do a Dvar Mitzvah. And I was like, I thought it was a, I thought it was a silly idea. And I discouraged him. And I had a tremendous harata. Actually, Baruch Hashem, I, I, I hopped him and I said, you know, Baruch Hashem, he didn't listen to me. It's one of the times I'm very happy someone didn't listen to me. But I, before the end, I, I encouraged him to taka do it. I even gave him some money towards the project. So I made a thing in my head, I'm never going to, if someone has a, says they're going to do a Dvar Mitzvah, I'm never going to, I make a Kabbalah, I'm never going to discourage them. So when David Yosef came to me a couple months ago, he had this idea. My first reaction was, well, what are you going to do? I'm going to raise $50,000, raise $100,000. It's going to be a bazillionist. You're going to call out a million dollars and we'll raise 50. It's going to be a bazillion. But I, that was what went through my head, I have to be honest. But I have a couple. It's a great idea. I'm, I'm behind you 100%. I hope I said that. And I hope I said it with, with Kavan. Even though I didn't have 100% Kavan, I hope I said it with Kavan. But something the Rashiva tries to pound into every single one of us, he tried to pound it into me since I met him, and this is something Baruch Hashem Rabbi David Yosef got, is the mamish the lesson of Hanukkah. It's not you. It's not you. It's not Mr. Berman. Mr. Berman couldn't, couldn't have done this. But the Rabbi Hashem could do it. The Rabbi Hashem could do anything. You get a, a siyata deshmai, you, you get a spark in your head to accomplish something. That's not you. Who put that spark in your head? You think you woke up one morning, thought of, thought of a good idea? You don't think of good ideas. The Rebbe put a good idea into your head. That's the Rebbe talking to you. And if the Rebbe put a good idea into your head, that means you could do it. Because it's not you. It's the Rebbe 
the Chashmanayim woke up one day and said, we're going to get a Chavra together and we're going to wipe out, it will be today, we're going to wipe out the, the United States Army. This guy's here in Yeshiva, we'll get a couple guys together, we'll go to Lakewood, get a couple of Chavra, we're going to wipe out the United States Army. Are they crazy? It's not possible. Most powerful army in the world? Well, we're going to take care of them. We'll knock them off. No problem. The Rebbeinu could do anything, and if you don't believe that, you're a kaifer. Aaron noisy is nice of. The Aaron had kaihanim walking, carrying the Aaron. But the but Rashi tells us that the Aaron was carrying them. They were holding on. And when the Aaron went into Eretz Yisrael, the Aaron flew over the Yardin. The Kaihanim that were holding on to the Aaron flew across the Yardin. It looks like the Kaihanim are holding the Aaron. They have to look like, they have to put on a play, like they're holding the Aaron. And the Rebbe gives you Siyat of the Shemaya. But the good news is, Rabbi David Yosef, that even though you had unbelievable, clearly unbelievable siyata deshmaya. But the, all the brachas go to you. The Rabbi Hashem says, you, talk, you did do it. Why? Because you just talk, I, that's all I want you to do. All I wanted you to do was do what you could do. So you talk and did it. And all the schusim, and all the, every, all the schusim from all the guys, and all the geshmak, and all the food, and all the trips, and all the... It's all, it's all on your schusim. It's all on your shoulders. The person says, I talk, you did do it. And let's just finish off. The Hakaras HaToiv we have to have for Eretz Yisrael. The Rambam says, and the Rambam is not a storybook. David, David learned the brisk for many years. Every word in the Rambam, a brisk is going to be medayik down to every last Right? David name. And the Rambam says, because some people could say, what's Eretz Yisrael today? I've heard people say this. I've heard, believe it or not, I even heard, I don't know, people that say that, that some people think they're Choshev, I guess that's the word, that's the word I would use. Hey, it's Yisrael, they're not from, the, the, the government's not from, the, 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 some of the soldiers are not from, I've heard the most ridiculous things over the last couple of months, things that I wouldn't even believe that I could hear. But you hear them. It's another reminder, we're in Golis, even in Eretz Yisrael, we're in Golis. But the Rambam says, he goes through, if you open up Hilchas Chanukah, it's Paragimel, because it's Hilchas Megillah of Chanukah, that's why it's Paragimel. And he goes, through the, he goes through the miracle. But at the end, I don't want to read the whole Rambam. But the Rambam continues the story. And he says, And Hashem saved us from them. The Gavru Bnei Chashmonei Akehanim Agdoilim Vahargum Vaishiyenu Yisrael Miyadam, and the Rebbeim saved us from them. They midu Melech Min Akehanim VeChazra Malchus LiYisrael Yeser Al Masayim Shana Adachor Benasheni. The Rambam counts this whole story that we lived under Yidden for two hundred years, more than two hundred years. Now you can ask Rabbi Saperstein; he knows better than I do. Some of those kings, for the last 200 years, were Yidin, but they weren't, the, they weren't the best guys in the world. Ms. Abbasin gave us a whole shit probably on Hurdus. Was Hurdus a good guy or a bad guy? 
that gets a thumbs down. Killed all the Chachamim. Still yet the Ramah puts this in, in what we have to have a Koros for the nation of Hanukkah. A king who wiped out all the Chachamim except for Shimon Meshatach. Chutz from his, his, own, his own brother-in-law. He left him alone. And this we still have to have a Koros Because we're living under Eden. It shows you how bad it was during those days to live under the Goyim. As bad as that was, it was better than living with the Goyim. With the Goyim, under the power of the Goyim. Because you see what happens for 12 hours. You put us under the power of the Goyim, what happens in 12 hours? Rahman al-Islam. What they could do to us. Not what they could, what they did do. So to be under the hands of another Yid is better than, is better than that. No matter, how, no matter how bad the Jew is, it's better than that. And that's what the Ramam is telling us. Don't take it for granted. So maybe the leaders of Eretz Yisrael are not the frumest guys. Some of them are. Some of them are not. It's still what to have our Karas. The Ramam is telling us, down to today, it's still what to have our Karas for. We could still put that into the nace of Hanukkah. Hakaras atoyv for every single thing that we have. So number one, hakaras atoyv to Rabbi David Yosef. Number two, hakaras atoyv to all the bachram that put in all the koiches, all the parents that put in the koiches. I know grandparents put in koiches. I got a call from my, I got a vote, not a call. I got a, a note from my mechutin. Rabbi Yehuda Rothman says he was up last night in he's in Eretz Yisrael. Told me last night in Eretz Yisrael, he stayed up late. He was making phone calls last night in Eretz Yisrael. So what was that? He must have been 3 o'clock in the morning. 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock. He said he was up the whole night making phone calls for this yeshiva. Okay, Itaka has a tremendous honor from yeshiva. I don't blame him. He has his son Yumi. He's a learned here. And David, he learned here. He got two diamonds. He's a Talmud of the Rashid. Itaka, Itaka, he should be up in the middle of the night making phone calls for yeshiva. Taka, he's, taka he, he should. He was nana from the yeshiva tremendously. But he taka did it. So all those people that I don't even know about, and that's his type, that's what this campaign is. It's such a chizik. I don't know if you guys got, the chizik that I got from this campaign, it's similar to the chizik I got when I was in the hospital. That there are people all over the world, just because you're from a yid, just because you wear a yarmulke, there are people all over the world, and I'm telling you this, because I lived it that would do anything for you. They don't even know you exist. But if you needed them, they would be there for you. How do I know? Because I went to some place I had no idea. I didn't know a soul. I didn't know one, I didn't know one person. And they treated me like I was their long-lost brother. You know why? Because I tack a they, they couldn't have treated me nicer than if I was their, their long-lost brother. And we all are part of Am Yisrael that's like that. And that's what we have to get out of Hanukkah. To remember this nace. The biggest nace of all Rabbi say is that you're part of this Am. That's the biggest miracle. That we all have people all over the world that would do anything for you. Ashreinu matayv chalkein. That we're not shaloy asani goy. 
and let's be mechazek ourselves. And remember, if we're here in if we're here in the Golis, if we're here living in America, we should have a good excuse. We tackle. We should be doing something important with it, with our time. And if we don't, we should tackle, pick ourselves up and get out of here and go back to Eretz Yisrael. It's a lot safer over there, I guarantee you. We should all be zoichet to have a beautiful lichtigachanim. They asked these, they asked these women. Which women? 